Welcome to the Riosverse. I'm your host, Chris Rios, and you're listening to the Paper Crowns Podcast, the place where our art and ego collide. If you're ever satisfied with a painting, you might as well quit because there's nowhere else to go. Bob Ross. Now, Bob Ross was an inspiration to all of us growing up, and there is no better quote to represent this podcast than that one right above. If you are ever satisfied with ever how far you go in life, or with whatever project you're working on, then just quit with whatever you're trying to do there. Because the truth is, is that no matter what you go for, it's never going to be the best. There's always something else you can do to make it better, and there's always an opportunity to learn something new. So with this podcast in particular, that is what we're all about as artists. We're all about what we can learn to help us reach that next step, and to realize that we're never satisfied with what we have going on now, which is why we are in pursuit of something in the first place. Now, in that pursuit to gain courage, to learn how to be a better artist, or even to chase my dream, there was one person that I had met that had come into my life who was really showing how to do that firsthand. And it wasn't by talking or showing off or bragging. It was about being silent, humble, and doing the work. Nothing mattered more than just putting in the work, trying, and doing your absolute best. This guest that had come on, or who will be on today, was an amazing inspiration to me as I saw him start a new medium and absolutely explode to a new level of amazing. He's one of the most talented, one of the most humble people I've ever met, and it is an honor and a privilege to welcome our next guest to the Paper Crowns podcast, Beryl Bongsu Landskroner. Thank you for coming on, brother. Hello, and uh, <laughs> thank you. That was a hell of an introduction. <laughs> no, thank you. No. Yeah, Well-deserved, by the way. Uh, yeah, and I'm Chris Rios, uh, once again, your host on the Paper Crowns podcast, and when I was thinking about people to have on, there was one person in particular, Beryl, you, that really stuck in my head as far as people who are really going above and beyond because you are an individual who gets paid for your art on a regular basis. Like People will see your art come to you and not only tell you, this is amazing, they'll say, Beryl, tattoo this on my body. And then you go ahead and push forward with that, which in my mind is Something absolutely like terrifying. <laughs> I was introduced to you through our dear friend, Joe Kashazi. <laughs> yeah. Joe. <laughs> I mean, he, pro- you, Joe. he probably won't hear this anyways, because I think he's, I, I think he's in, um, what is it? What was that? What's that uh, city with the big, the big building? Uh, Dubai. Yeah. I think he's in Dubai right now. He travels a lot. He goes on vacation all the time. Wait, Joe is in Dubai? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right now? Right, right now. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, goes on, he goes on vacation all the time. I, I rarely see him at work because he's always traveling the world and and doing great things. Uh, and God bless you, Joe. I hope you're having fun. But I don't know if he's going to get the podcast over there. Uh, but maybe when he gets back in about two months, 
you know, we'll be able to. Uh, what the hell is he doing in Dubai? I don't know, man. Mr. Moneybags Joe. I, I don't understand. He, he's just, he wants to see the world. He Are you wants being to serious? Explore. He's in Dubai? I'm being totally serious right now. Wow. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Hey, but you know what? This is new news to me. So. Yeah, he'll be back in about three months, but it'll be fine. Like, I was asking him if he was still on his Nintendo Switch and stuff. So. <laughs> uh, who knows? He may be able to afford a Wi Fi connection over there. But, anyways, uh, Joe, amazing friend, great guy. Uh, he uh, actually has your artwork. Uh, all over them. Oh wow, that's true. Yeah, that's, and that's true. Uh, I remember that, and that's how I got introduced to you because he'd be like, "Oh, my friend Beryl does tattoos," and he would show me all the designs that were done. And uh, I think uh, did you you did the the Batman versus Jesus on his oh my God. on his legs yes, right? Yes, yes. And to me, that was like one of the most amazing things ever when I first saw it. That was in my first like year or two. Like, yeah, yeah. Two, when yeah. you were when you were doing your stuff. You had a uh, yeah, it was Batman versus you. So he has on one back of his leg, uh, Batman in like a you know a fist up like, like I'm gonna get you pose, and then the other calf, uh, it's uh, Jesus Christ, and he has one of the nails going through the palm of his hands, <laughs> and he's got like the same like menacing like I'm gonna get you back too, and it's like one of the best tattoos I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. But he has so many things, and, and Beryl's art style is very much committed to that pop culture, like you mentioned earlier. It is a lot of, on Joe, a lot of video game stuff. So it's a lot of, I think he has what, a Destiny robot that you did on him, right? Um, uh, I think it was from Mass Effect. It was a, Mass Effect, it was yeah. a Reaper. Yeah, it yeah. was a Reaper so from Mass Effect. It was Effect. Mass Effect. You did uh, Link. Link. Uh, Megatron from Transformers. Megatron. Mega Man as uh, well. Uh we did like a like a butterfly, like a literal stick of butter, yeah, like yeah, with yeah. wings, <laughs> um, really small, and like a toast flower. I think. It, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The flower's made out of toast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, isn't there like a, a snowman with like a melted hole in his chest or something? Like yeah. That? Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. yeah He's got yeah, a bunch yeah, of stuff yeah, all yeah, over yeah, him. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, there's Megatron, Mega Man, a shy guy from uh, from Super Mario Brothers. I yeah. think is on there. Uh, Mikey did that one. Oh yeah, yeah Mikey did that, that one. That one was good too. One of our one of our artists. Great artist yeah he yeah um but yeah he, he's got he's got you all over him and and that's what introduced me to you and when uh, i started seeing a lot of your art i was really blown away because the opportunity to one step one to even draw those items and and to see the design of them is phenomenal to me that's artwork you're done clock out you know you you did it and then you recreate these items on people. And I think that is, it's one of the highest compliments I can imagine receiving as an artist. Because you have people come oh, to you. you. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it is. I mean, they're not like, hey, can I take that drawing that you did and hang it up on my wall? They're going, I want you to go ahead and inject ink into my skin that resembles this artwork that you did and you go yeah okay i can do that and i think that is that's phenomenal because uh, people want your work to be on them forever and that's such an amazing compliment i think well it's, it's pretty cool when you put it that way yeah. <laughs> did you not think about it like that before like i mean i i, I guess i don't look at it that deep I, humble I guess. folks yeah. this is what i tell you the guy is humble my ego would not be able to survive if i was like Sure, I'll put my art on you. Like, like all that all that goes through my mind when I'm doing a tattoo is get those fucking lines in there, 
and get that color or black and gray in there and be focused. That's your coloring is amazing too. I, I love the coloring on your tattoos. Like um, I mean, I w- wish I was better, but you know, but th- there, you, there you go. Humble, so. folks. <laughs> humble. Because, like I said, I've seen other work that just makes me look like a kid with a crayon. You know, like so. I I, I know, guess so. I, if you're talking not about... to talk not to talk so down on myself. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> if you're talking about portrait work, uh, okay, yeah, I can see that. But uh, I was just going through your your work today, guys. Copper Fox tattoo. Click on, uh, was it bios or no, artists. You click on artists there. It's copperfoxtattooco.com, right? Yes. Check it out. Copperfoxtattooco.com. And you can click on, uh, you have artwork just there for people to look at. Yes, yes, yes. But if you click on artists, you can see the particular artworks that they've done. And it is absolutely amazing. Yeah. I saw one that you did that was like a Magneto helmet. Oh, that was at a convention a few years back. Dope, man. That was awesome. Yeah, be sure to check us on Instagram too, because oh, like cause that's a lot of uh, that's where a lot of our pictures get posted up and, and yeah, yeah, a lot so. of people tag you on there as well. Yeah, so, so Instagram at Copper Fox Tattoo Co. Right? Yes, exactly. Excellent. Yeah. Check them out, like them, share all their stuff. They're amazing. I think you did uh, Ironhide too, a Transformer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, one of that my one fa- looks one of my so good. Yeah, yeah, it looks so good, guys. Check it out, man. I, I, if with, with your permission, I'd love to. Re- repost some of this artwork with the yeah uh, yeah yeah totally, yeah that'd be totally great. fine and thank you no yeah because it, it, it really does blow my mind when i look when i look at it one of the craziest tattoos i remember doing was uh, uh on one of my old friends and um he got a his name's mark <laughs> <laughs> and i did a uh a purple squirrel uh with a bleeding nose, and behind it was a, a jar of bath salts, <laughs> just spilt over. And I guess that was during the time when you oh, know the, bath the, salts were the yeah, the yeah. new danger the to were society. Each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we did it during that time, and that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That is awesome. <laughs> when I look back at my old work, I'm like, oof, like a like where it is now. Like, thank no, God. you you can de- you can definitely <laughs> see uh, your progression and how amazing you become now. I, I love the artwork. My wife wants you to do her next tattoo when it comes time, which yeah. I'm not sure when it will ever be, Denise, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, Beryl, so talk about yourself and what you love to do as far as tattooing and, and your art. Well, I guess if I had to start from the beginning, like uh, I was born in South Korea. Word. Seoul. My dad was an architect. I can't remember what my mother was <laughs> <laughs> at first. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> Uh, but but she's a Taekwondo instructor now in Detroit. Oh, yeah. that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, like, th- third, fourth degree black belt. Yeah, can kick some major ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 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 yeah, that's pretty intimidating for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but she's really sweet. She's really sweet. So, that's awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I was born in Korea. And then at some point, a few years go by. I, I don't know any Korean, by the way. Okay. If anyone's same. wondering. Uh, <laughs> I, I am Spanish, and I don't speak any bit yeah, of it, it's so a, it sucks sometimes yeah. <laughs> realizing that <laughs> like oh you're korean and they go off and you're like nope but uh but at some point fast forward a few years i lived in pakistan for like maybe five six years when did you get to pakistan i remember leaving there when i was like maybe eight years old wow so i was there for like five six years so yeah i was probably like maybe three-ish maybe do you remember any impression of, of living there um everything mm. was yellow <laughs> <laughs> Like, like no, everything fine. everything was tinted yellow, and it was hot. 
but I loved naan. Like, naan was so delicious, that bread. Oh, yeah, yeah, the the little flatbread. Yeah, I remember we had a two-story house. I remember watching movies like Howard the Duck. (laughs) <laughs> Honey, I shook the kids. Nice. Stuff like that. I don't know how that's relevant, but I just remember. I think that. I think kids like you and I <laughs> were absolutely raised on movies. Oh yeah, totally. Like that was all that Definitely. mattered was was movies. And if we were told we weren't allowed to watch a movie, it was all about how the hell are we going to be able to watch this movie now without our parents knowing? Ro- Robocop. Yeah, ro- yeah. Them <laughs> <up>. <laughs> I mean, uh, there was just so many, and and I think our whole generation of of people our age were raised by the television. Mm-hmm. And I think that when it comes to all those old movies, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Predator, Alien, RoboCop. Like Fucking would, A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Preach. No, yeah, like those were all the things that made me want to fall in love with Hollywood. I and, couldn't and, agree and everything. more. I agree totally. Like, I remember uh, taking all of my guns my plastic guns that I had, not real guns. Guys. I was about to say, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 no. I had uh, as a kid. I, you know, you had Rambo. You, you said RoboCop, Die Hard, all these action movies. It was like the age of action movies, and so uh, I had all these guns, AR-15s, blah, blah, plastic ones, all green or whatever. And I remember taking all my guns and getting duct tape and taping them all together like Ripley. When she was going, uh, you know, to go get Newt, because I was just like, like, and, and Ripley in Aliens 2 was like my favorite action hero. Like, she was, she was who I pretended to be all the time, because she was just the most badass. Because, I was about to say, badass. Yeah, yeah she was the most badass. So unlike, uh, you have, uh, you know, Schwarzenegger's a badass. The guy's huge. He has all the guns. Stallone as well. And... To me, like, it just wasn't as heroic, I guess I can say. No offense, guys. But, uh, I mean, it didn't mean as much to me to see them taking on the Predator or some other person. To me, it was always like, oh, it's fair. It's two strong people going against each other. But for Ripley, she was, you know, this skinny woman who... Uh, who had been kicked around and told she was meaningless the whole movie. No military No combat military experience. combat experience. Yeah. And the only thing that she had was her love to save this kid. Yeah, I was about to say wit. Yeah, like she and, and wit. She, yeah. she, you know, strapped up, and she was like, fuck it, I'm taking care, I'm taking control of this mission right now. And to me, that was the most badass thing I could ever see, was someone who, uh, knowing the odds of what she was going to face, to sit there and go, I'm, I don't care. I'm going anyways. And not only am I going in, but I'm going into the nest to get this girl. Which and was I, awesome. Yeah, which was amazing. Aliens is one of the best movies ever. Yeah. So to see her do that was absolutely amazing to me and, and stuck with me forever. So I was always that kid that whenever I was, it was time for me to play, I would sit there and grab all my stuff, strap them up, and I would be just like Ripley, turning corners Leaving, you know, little things on the floor to follow my way back, like Jesus. Yeah, that that would be. <laughs> but it, but it was so important to to us as kids, and I think those movies helped shape our own imaginations and and ideas for what uh, a great movie is now. I agree. So I mean, the fact that you all you remember is when you were eight years old watching all those things, it makes absolute sense because I think yeah, that's I what we all would have been doing. Back then. Yes, <laughs> I watched a lot of movies back then. But yeah, anyways, like in Pakistan, like um, like uh, I definitely started drawing in those years. I like drawing dinosaurs. 
I couldn't stop thinking about dinosaurs. And like, there was this one time, uh, like I said, my dad was an architect. Mm. So there was this, uh, there was this site that we're working on and he did this thing where he brought me and my brother Manny out into this site and he's like, let's go looking for some dinosaur bones today. And, uh, we just found this one site he took us to and we start digging and sure enough, there are these bones underneath that I guess were from the butchers. (laughs) (laughs) So you think your dad planted them there? Yeah, him him and my mother. Yeah, yeah. They they, they just thought it'd be fun. Uh, I thought you were like... Yeah, we went out and we goddamn yeah. we found some dinosaurs. Yeah. Believe it Maybe or not, I should have added a little bit more context. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now that I think about it, <laughs> but I'm that like, was wow, man, what are the odds? Yeah, but that was one fun, one big fond memory from Pakistan was was searching for those so called dinosaur bones. <laughs> <laughs> That's an amazing thing, man. That that uh, your parents here for you just because this is something I, I I read today, and it was like one of the jobs of a parent is to take care of your child, feed them. Make sure that the house is kept, but also feed their imagination. Like, you have to create a world of pretend for them. I agree. Just so that they can see that there's more to the world than what's at face value. Yeah. And that's something that I always tried to do for my own son. And you got to want to do it. Yeah, you got to want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I always do my best to keep up the the magic screen, if, if I may, for... Uh, anything that that is happening, even if it's like they're so apparent. My son's fifteen now, and he's kind of like, "Stop, Dad! It's too much." And I'm like, "It's never too much. Don't give up on the dream." And he's like, "I can't stand you." But, I, <laughs> but um, but I think that's a very important thing to do, especially for young children. I mean, it's an idea I wish I had now. Thinking what your parents did for you of like, you want to go find some dinosaur bones? Wow, look look at this here. Let's start digging, and then you know them having to put down you know whatever bones they had. You know, from the butcher, and for you guys to find them and be like, "Oh wow, this is so cool!" Like yeah. I can only imagine what an amazing experience that was. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty insane. <laughs> <laughs> Did your parents do a lot of things like that for you? Yes, but like, but that's the like the only one that I can think of that sticks out the most. I'm sure mm-hmm. there were others. I'm sure there were others. But moving along uh, from Pakistan, keep in mind we moved a lot. Okay, yeah. like a lot, and um, one of the next biggest locations was Indonesia. And I stayed there, and me, my brother, and everyone stayed there for like a good, um, uh, like six, seven years again. But going on and off to Miami, because that's where my, where, that's where my father's parents were, mm-hmm. and uh, on his side of the family was. And um, at some point, uh, my parents got divorced. I think no. I was like seven-ish around there. So we got married again in Indonesia. I, I know I keep going back and forth here. And no, there. no, no, it, it, it's fine. So, like, you left Pakistan around eight, and you stayed in Indonesia for like another seven years. So, when you left Indonesia, you were like teenage. Uh, getting there, yeah. Like when when I first moved to Indonesia, I think I was like I was hitting like nine okay. around there, ten, and then uh, went to school there for a long time. Like, started to get very familiar with Indonesia, like. Uh, one of these days, I want to take some friends there just to show yeah, them yeah. around. Like, uh, no, I mean, Indonesia is <laughs> like really an cool. amazing place. We need to go all the ruins that were there, and it's like, I mean, I could be. It, it's like a flooded land, right? Like, there's a lot of water that have taken up a lot of uh, land that used to be there. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm no geologist. <laughs> like, I guess I don't know. I, I I thought I had read that somewhere that there's a lot of like ancient temples and cities that are un, like in in the oceans there. Because uh, there was a lot of floodwaters that came through and, and covered a lot of stuff. One guy even 
said that uh, Atlantis was actually originally in Indonesia. And I was like, that's an interesting theory. Hmm. Uh, because of the, you know, they have all this evidence of flood waters coming in and just covering a bunch of stuff that used to be there. Well, my mind's blown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On any note, I uh, I did stick with art, though. That that That's still stuck. Yeah, why are we talking about all this garbage? Let's talk about the art. <laughs> it, you know? it just hit me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so art is where you were... As a kid, you, were, you said drawing Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that's what, yeah, when I first started. Ninja Turtles yeah, is yeah, also yeah. one of the giant staples of my childhood. Did you like draw your own comics of the Ninja Turtles and, and things that you wanted to see? Yeah, I've always wanted to make my own like comic graphic novel uh, with, with Zach, actually, from yeah? Duck and the Usher. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, we've, we've always wanted to make a comic book together. And uh, for, for some reason, I just, like, I think I was the first one that kind of lost interest in mm-hmm. a way. Like, not in a bad way. It was more about time. Like, he was going to Alaska a lot that time. Yeah, and, yeah. And that so this is just... fairly recent where you guys were like, oh, let's do this. I, in the this past was actually, couple of years, at least. Uh, this was actually a while ago. Oh, the, yeah? the whole okay. comic thing, I, I would have to say, like, a good eight, nine years ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was quite a while ago. But, man, we had a hell of a story. Yeah? When I look back, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty awesome. You should yeah. still do it. Yeah, but, um, but a lot of work goes into it. You know, yeah. and and that's what I lacked in was motivation, if you want me to be honest. No, I mean so. that's what happens to all of us. Yeah, you know so. what what keeps us all from from not doing what we want to do in life is just that we think it's not good enough, or it's uh, I'm not in it, mm-hmm. uh, now's not the right time. Whatever we can think of, our, our our mind puts it on us so that we don't follow through. Yeah, you just got to be around the right people. Got to mm-hmm. look at the right sources. Got to get the the, know, the right so. energy coming your way. Exactly, exactly. Because because if you're around people that just give you shit all the time and tell you you're nothing, there's no point being around them. No, for sure. So you know, not so, like I know everything. It's yeah. just you know, that's that's what I've learned. You so. can know stuff, Barrel. It's okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. when you were um, you know, you said you drew Ninja Turtles. Were there any other things that happened with you in your childhood that helped influence your art and, and the things you love? Mm. Um, again, definitely movies. Mm-hmm. You know, I started drawing RoboCop here and there, and of course, Xenomorphs. Yeah. Um, at some point, I started learning about perspective. You know, like uh, line of sight. Yes. You know, and and that was like in the sixth grade, give or take. Did you feel like, like you were learning like some kind of secret knowledge where you were like... At first, I'm like, what is this shit? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to use this, you know, like that. Science but and it, art? Yeah, 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 yeah. But at some point, like, it's very good to know, you yeah. know, just like everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always good to know something, even though you don't think you're going to use it at that moment. It's definitely one of those tools that a good artist should have a basic understanding of in order to do great things. And that I don't have. I don't have good perspective. <laughs> I've tried uh, charcoal. Uh, very messy, but very effective. If you mm-hmm. know what you're doing. Yeah. Not saying I know what I'm doing all the time. I mean, I mean, I'm no Picasso or Leonardo, yeah, yeah. Leonardo Dica- DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> one Vinci, of the greatest Vinci. artists of our time. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it is indeed satisfying. Like if you've created something and you're just satisfied enough with it, you know. Yeah. Not to fill my own head or anything it's no just, i mean there's a point where you're doing a drawing and you sit like, there and you go like at some point you got this reward, was excellent yeah, at some point you got to reward yourself you know well, with, well, well the truth so. is you get to a point where you're like i do want to take it to this next level but you're also humble enough and to know that like i'm not skilled enough to take it there without ruining it so you sit there and you go it, it, it's okay now yeah and you leave it alone so from indonesia at some point i moved to the bahamas and i stayed there for like maybe a year and a half give or take from there, that's where my interest in tattooing started coming along. How so? And I would just start drawing on people with Sharpies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, some people start asking for them you yeah. know, at some point, you know. And 
they would buy me a beef patty here and there, you know. So, like, yo, man, I got two beef patties, man. I saw what you did. I mean, that wasn't the the exact dialogue right there, but (laughs) but but it was something like that. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Teachers didn't like it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I wasn't a like, like a bad kid, you know. But I guess I gave this impression to the teachers here and there you are a rule breaker and again there's that thing where you just try to be cool you know you know but then it fails miserably because you weren't thinking yeah well another dumb thing i did in school is we had uh there was a big uh um get together in the school auditorium and they were talking to these cops they were talking about breaking the law and how you shouldn't break the law and at the time i was just doing like little graffiti designs but like on notebooks on people's textbooks like i said people would come to me and be like oh can you draw this on, on my textbook because that was the cool thing you did when you were in school man you do the paper cover on the textbook and then you draw all over it and so i would go ahead and, and i would do artwork on people's textbooks and things and uh during this auditorium meeting the cops are like who here uh does does graffiti art raise your hand raise your hand who here does who here does graffiti and i raise my hand like i i, I do some artwork and, like, I looked around, like, I'm sure there's other people raising their hand. I turn around, and no one in this whole auditorium is raising their hand. And you I'm like, assholes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, y'all abandoned me. I know damn well I'm not the only person that does graffiti art. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, what do you do? You use paint? I'm like, no, I don't use paint. I just use Sharpies and stuff. I just draw on other stuff. He goes, oh, you, you tag on walls and stuff like that? And I was like, not really. And he was like, oh, like, they were trying to get, like, all this information out of me. Like, I was, like, you know, the serial tagger. Of the city, and I was like, "No, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm just a kid that that does art. I guess I'm, I'm sorry, I raised my hand. I don't know what to tell you guys. It's <laughs> <is> so funny. <laughs> yeah, graffiti. I tried too at some point. Like I remember in the ninth grade in Indonesia, the school was called Gandhi Memorial International School. I saw that on your Facebook, and I was like, yeah. get out of town. Yeah, so there were people from everywhere. You know, I mean, I mean, me, my brother, and maybe there was. And one this was in the Bahamas. Oh, this was in Indonesia. I, like, oh, Indonesia. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like I said, yeah, yeah. I keep going back and forth. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, that's just how I do it. No, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, there were all sorts of people. People from India, Korea, Japan, Philippines, wow. Thailand, you know. And then there's me and my brother and then maybe one other schmuck that's from the <laughs> States. <laughs> so, of course, I took two classes of art, you know, because I, I needed it. Yeah. <laughs> So, You're like, and, everything else sucks. And just do art. So many good artists. Even at that time, man. Yeah. Like, like so many good artists. Like, like, ugh. Like, I'm in, I'm in like, deep in thought right now just thinking about it. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of my son right now. Uh, he's on my head tonight. Uh, sorry, I keep bringing him up. But he came to me tonight, and he was like, Man, you think you're a good artist until you start following hashtags on Instagram oh, of other kids your age like that the, are doing art. It makes me want to quit. You yeah, know, yeah. Sometimes, and that's what he know? said. He was like, I realized like, I'm not good at all. And uh, I, I had to tell him, uh, <laughs> I had to tell him, <laughs> Beryl's cat just peeked around the corner and was like, what's up, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> but I had to tell my son uh, the story I told on um, this radio show I, I, I was on recently. Real Last Radio, at Real Last Radio, 104.1. Check him out, guys. Miguel Colon Jr., he's hilarious. Um, <laughs> no, they're, they're very kind enough to have me on a guest, and I think by the time this episode rolls out, I will be on a guest for next week as well, uh, co-hosting with them, which is really, really cool and a great blessing. Um, but I told this uh, story this past week where I hit that same block myself when I was a kid. I went to... 
uh, Catholic school uh, until about third grade. And my art was what defined me as the cool kid in Catholic school. Because in Catholic school, there's no other metric to gauge someone unless you're looking at their character or what they can do. So for me, it was my character as this kid brought up on Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters and Batman and Predator and all that stuff. So I was already probably way cooler than a lot of the other kids that were goody two-shoe kids in there. <laughs> um, and then I was an artist on top of that. And I drew, uh, you know, Mickey Mouse character, Disney characters, um, Bugs Bunny, Sonic the Hedgehog, Ninja Turtles. I did all these cartoons was what I was good at drawing. And uh, I remember Catholic school got, it got way too expensive for my family, for my mom and dad one year. And they were like, well, you're going to go to public school now. And this was public school 12. Jesus. <laughs> I can already feel the, like, oh, yeah, yeah it's was, rough. I went from St. Gerard's Catholic school to public school number 12. And uh, it was pretty much a prison that was in the center of Patterson which is a city in New Jersey. And uh, it was a multi-story building with bars on all the windows, cold stone. And uh, I remember going to the school and being like, it's fine. Uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and show these kids what I can do. Yeah, until some fuckwad starts making fun of your hair. <laughs> well, 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 I'm sure I had stupid hair then too. But I, I, I go in there and... Uh, I start impressing kids with my art and the things I'm doing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, this is what I do. This is this is who I am. And a lot of kids are like, wow, you're really good. You should, you know, show this to what's his name. I forgot the kid's name. I, I blocked him out from my memory properly. But he was like, oh, and they were like, oh, yeah, let's call him Bobby. Bobby, come on over. And so Bobby comes on over and he was like, what's up? And I'm like, yo, look what he can draw. And he's like, that's garbage. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, this is like 100% of me right here. What do you mean it's garbage? And he goes, can you draw this? And he pulls out his drawing pad. And in his drawing pad, he has Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat characters, all this stuff going on. And it looks awesome. And he's like my age, maybe a year older. And he's like, can you draw this? And I'm like, no. See, that persona right there yeah, is, yeah. is already annoying. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was. And he was like, can you draw this? And I was like, I I cannot draw that. And he was like, you ain't nothing, man. Get out of here. Like, he was you know, like, the funny thing. I'm sorry. No, like, go ahead, go ahead. The, the funny thing is that like, like knowing now that that twat was yeah. acting like that, <laughs> it doesn't it, it doesn't make the the art as effective for some reason. Knowing that that person yeah. is, is that way. Yes, no, does that you're make right. Sense? Yes, it does. You know? For for a person to like have skill, but then abuse their skill with a a, a poor attitude, and to abuse their artwork yeah. with dishonor, like, yeah. it it definitely it ruins whatever like, that artwork could have like, been. Like I understand having confidence in yourself and stuff, mm -hmm. but when you're like pushing that in other people's faces and expect that. And expect to. Well, I mean, it was also you know the city, like it, it, yeah. was, it was like how kids acted to to secure their pecking orders. I don't have any ill will against the guy at all, but I remember as a kid, after that day, I was literally broken. Like I I, I didn't want to draw at all. I, I went back and my dad could tell that there was something wrong with me. He goes, "What's up, man?" And I'm like, "This kid, uh, he, uh, he he messed me up today because because I I showed my drawings and he said they were garbage, 
and then he showed me what he drew and I can't draw like him. I can't do what he what he's doing. And you know, this sounds like a bad quote, but it's really a great quote that, you know, one of the quotes that had the greatest impact from my father and he goes, you know, some people are going to be better than you. And that's fine. You don't have to be as good as them. I mean, you can try to be. There's nothing wrong with that. But some people are have a different talent scale. And some people will just be better at whatever it is you're trying to pursue. That doesn't mean that what you've done doesn't have value. It's true. And I was like, you right, Dad. Yeah, I'm going to keep drawing. It's funny how things come around in the future, you know. Me thinking about that kid who was probably just scared because someone else who had skill was now introduced in his world where he was probably running things and it was probably more so a self-defense on his part to sit there and be like i have to knock this kid down because i'm gonna lose everything that i fought for you know and and i don't agree with it i don't think that that's something someone should do but i I can understand maybe how he was feeling when, when i look back knowing about how quickly we try to evaluate our own situations as artists in the world we live in today. Right. Even just with this podcast, I'm like, <laughs> there's people out there who have way better equipment or are doing a way better job and, and uh, can speak way more eloquently than I can. But um, This is still awesome, Rios. Thank like, you. Thank you. Like, this is great. This is great. Uh, but, but I have to know that uh, I still want to do this, and it's still going to be a fun time for me, and I get to sit down with, some great people in my life and sit across from them and say, I want to learn everything I didn't know about you. And I can have that opportunity to do that. And to me, that means a lot. Hopefully people listening, it, it means a lot to you too. Uh, and, and we can all learn something from this experience, but just because that someone is out there doing it better than I'm doing it right now, doesn't mean that it doesn't have value for what I'm doing. And uh, I think that goes a long way, man. Yeah. There was this one interview my dad had mm-hmm. and uh, where we went to Japan. That's where his, freaking interview was <laughs> and like we're moving to japan no no we're we, going we, there we, for the day <laughs> we, we, we were there we were there for like a week i think that's we stayed at awesome. a hotel and stuff and japan was crazy man like i, I wish i was there now you know mm-hmm. like and, pre- and appreciate it more same goes for europe yeah same thing that's another topic right there <laughs> and i mean like a big thing with japan particularly for you and I'm not sure if this is where it all started for you, but is this where you were, like, truly introduced to Godzilla? Oh, man. I've been watching Godzilla since I was in Pakistan. So yeah. I was, like, you know, like, four years old, something like that. Now, now this is because I, I have a story that and it's one of the most, um, one of my fondest childhood memories. But I want to know, you know, for you, if, if there's anything similar. Uh, but uh, when you were a kid... How were you introduced to Godzilla? Do you remember? Or was it just like, oh, Godzilla was just always there? It was on, like, I guess, on beta, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if anyone remembers <laughs> that. <laughs> if anyone remembers that. It was on and, beta. And um, uh, I can't remember exactly which Godzilla movie it was. It could have either been Godzilla 1985, where they basic, where Toho basically remade Godzilla to be the bad guy again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, their son of Godzilla, where mm-hmm. his where his kid just looks not right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you accept it for what it is. S- something wrong with that kid. Yeah. yeah. But I've always loved Godzilla, man. Like that's just one of those things. I don't I it's 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 kind of hard to describe on my love for Godzilla. Like it's just this Mate, can, can I, can I ask you to to try to describe it? Like, it's like I don't know. It's like 
Like, think about it. It's a 300-foot lizard destroying stuff. Nothing can stop him. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want to sit on his shoulders and watch all yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> and there's this, some, there's this some level of charm with Godzilla, and I'm not sure what it is. It's, maybe it's like he's in pain all the time, or he's angry, and you just don't know how to calm him down. You're absolutely right, like man. That. You know, like, like, he's angry about something, and you want to help him, you just don't know what it is. You know? Yeah. And... Yeah, there's that. No, there is that. There is something totally there. You're absolutely right because, I mean, I never thought of it before until you just said it. But, but you're right. When I was a kid watching Godzilla, I would just be fascinated with his motive. Like, mm-hmm. like what the hell is making him just rage right now and just take out these cities? Like, is this is what he does. This is like, oh, I'm gonna get out of bed and uh, I think I'll destroy Tokyo yeah. again. Yeah. For, like, if I'm not wrong, uh, if I don't get this these facts right. I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> as far as I know, uh, Godzilla was like, like uh, the result of a nuclear bomb, the bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima. Like originally? Originally, like that's where like the inspiration came from, I guess. Oh yeah. And it's like. I mean, I mean, I think that's that's where they got the idea. Yeah, for it's him, like, it's like the bomb went off. But I'm not then, sure if that's what they wrote canon it as far as Godzilla's origin. Yeah, that I'm not origins. 100% sure either. I guess you, you would have to look on Google or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're not that podcast. I'm not yeah. going to pull up Google right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I heard that's what the metaphor is with Godzilla is that he's like he's basically um, like the, like it's like to, it's like a manifestation of the result of men's the dangers tampering of, with. The dangers yes. of nuclear weapons and it being in the wrong hands. Yes, I yes. think that's the main thing. No, I, I so, agree. I think that's what it is too. So... But yeah, I I, I I fall in love with college just because you're absolutely right. It's like yeah. when you are used to watching Ninja Turtles and things like that, all these other things. When I was introduced to Godzilla. The way Ninja Turtles looks right now is so fucked, man. I swear to God. The, on I'm the sorry. latest cartoon? The, no, no. The, the, the movies. like The, the movies? The way they look at the movies They look now, a little weird. Just, oh. I think 2 was not – it was definitely way better than the first Ninja At least Turtles. Bebop and Rocksteady. Were people, yeah, Bebop and Rocksteady were fun. I thought they were cool. I like the, their human counterparts, the way they look for it. And I was like, oh yeah, I could totally see these guys but being man, Bebop it's, it's and Rocksteady. But man, it's so infuriating on some like some of these movies nowadays. And like, sorry if you like them to each his own, you know. Yeah. But to some people that were, you know, that grew up in the early '90s, late '80s, it's just the the original Ninja sometimes. Turtles movie holds up to this day. You watch that movie, and you're like, this is gold like this is amazing burr, 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 burr. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um there was this one time where um i loved godzilla so much to where i picked up the phone okay it was one of those dial-up ones you know the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the yeah rotary rotary phones, rotary, yeah. rotary thank you dial-up. they still existed when we were kids and, and people still use them and i, would, I used them my, my grandmother <laughs> had one in new jersey as well and uh i would dial every number that i could think of and just hope that Godzilla picked up on the other line. <laughs> <laughs> of what course, do you nothing happened. Like, yeah. like, you know, like oh, I was like five years old. You know, like so you're six. like Godzilla, please yeah, pick yeah. up. I'm yeah. reaching out to you, Godzilla. Yeah, I wasn't even sure what he would say. <laughs> you know, like so ridiculous. But, but yeah, I can't wait you? for I can't wait for Godzilla versus King Kong. I swear to God, Dude, I, ho- uh, I hope it's at least decent. I swear. Me too. Me too. I mean, so. we we had our I, I had my gripes with uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah, there yeah there were some moments, yeah, and yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. just the ending, you know, yeah. where it becomes Godzilla the musical, and Godzilla stands up and he's like, me 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 me. It's like you're watching a fi- like these monsters fight, and then all of a sudden the cameraman decides. Oh, let's see what this family's doing over here. And yeah. I'm like, come on, put the camera back. Yeah. Like that's what I came here for. But you know, whatever. You know, whatever. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was still entertaining. Indeed. Um, yeah, highly entertaining. Yeah. 
Godzilla for me, I remember watching Godzilla uh, as a kid and being just amazed at like you can you know that it's a guy in a suit. Like I, I was not convinced that that was a real monster, but it was just the uh, the whole artistry of it all to imagine that they built these mini cities for these guys in costumes to just wreck it. I was like, this is the greatest job I could think of, and it looks awesome. And uh, I remember just falling in love with Godzilla as as a monster. You know, he was king of the monsters. He was the best. And, you know, no one could mess with him. And uh, I remember this one time in particular when I was with, uh, uh, I was, I don't know how old I was, maybe eight or so, six, I don't know. But my dad was watching a Godzilla marathon. And I remember um, getting up in the middle of the night and just taking a peek out into the living room and, and seeing that he was watching Godzilla. And I remember like stepping out of the room and him being like, come on, you know, let's watch Godzilla. That's and, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, God knows what time it was, but I know it was, it was late at night and the only light was coming from the TV. I just sat there with my dad. We watched Godzilla and that was like one, one of my favorite memories. And it's like, one of the things that solidifies something as iconic as Godzilla as one of those things that are absolutely infallible and is going to be uh, immortal forever. Because, like, to me, Godzilla, well, well said. Yeah, God, <laughs> Godzilla did that for, for, for us and for me as a kid. So it was one of the, one of the greatest things that I, I fell in love with. So yeah. whenever they show Godzilla a new movie, whatever it is, whether it's good or bad, I'm like, Right on. I'm going to almost oh, there, support it. Oh, there were some bad ones. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. There, there were some rough ones. Listen, but. I liked the one with uh, with Homeboy in it, uh, Matthew Broderick, okay? <laughs> I liked it. I bought the toys. I thought it was a new take in Godzilla. God, that was like an iguana with AIDS, with a Jay oh, Leno chin. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the cartoon they did I, afterwards. I thought that, that was That is true. Well the cartoon was really yeah. cool. Cartoon yeah, was cartoon, pretty cool. Because he fought other monsters. <laughs> in the cartoon, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, wow, there's more of yeah. these out there. Yeah. But I was excited regardless just because it was Godzilla. So, you know, you could put an elephant truck on him and I'll still go watch it just because it's Godzilla. Oh, that'd so, be horrible. Yeah, it would. It would. It would. <laughs> But um, but yeah, we like, tried to base Godzilla off yeah. of an the, elephant, yeah. not so much a lizard. Now, yeah. the first suit was a uh, hundred pounds. Jeez, and uh, it was made out of rubber and concrete. That's it, because <laughs> <laughs> that was all the materials they had that time. It's like, so. what's it made of? Like, oh, rubber, and, and why is it so heavy? It's yeah. got a little bit of concrete in there. Yeah, you the know? suit actor would get like heat strokes and stuff. They oh had to pull gosh. them out, fan them and stuff. So, yeah. All for the love of the art, man. God bless that guy. Let's clink to this dude real quick. <laughs> Beep. Motivation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paper Crown Podcast is brought to you by an unofficial sponsor, Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. It is delicious. I was not paid to say that, but I am going to be drinking their whiskey. It is pretty good. It is pretty good. Yeah, I'm more of a Bailey's guy myself. <laughs> but it's um, not too far from Bailey's. Yeah. As far as flavor, it's got that sweetness to it, a little bit of kick. Pretty awesome. Anyways. Screwball, you can uh, reach out to me at the Riosverse uh, for official sponsorship, and I'll be able to help you out, man. I think we got like we're up to ten listeners now. We're moving on up, bro. <laughs> yeah. uh, moving. To, um, I don't, I'm not sure how much time we have here. Oh, um, dude, it's it's going on forever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, moving along here. Yeah. Um, I think it was the Bahamas. The last thing I talked about. 
Uh, Bahamas, you talked about your trip to Japan with your father to get the job. Yeah. I don't think you finished up. Was, it, was there... God, the Godzilla toys, Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it. <laughs> Enough of Godzilla. I know I know. we kept talking about that a lot. But... <laughs> uh, it's fine. It's fine. I, I remember... Let's talk about the toys and while we're on it. I mean, I am a toy kid, Oh, man. my like, God. I just moved into a new house, and it was embarrassing to say that half of the boxes were just toys that I've collected and plan on setting up in a room someday. <laughs> God. Like, I just love looking at greatly designed Godzilla toys or, oh, or yes. figurines, whatever, busts. Like, and you there's can, some You crazy... can check out uh, Barrel's albums online where you put up some pretty <laughs> awesome Godzilla toys. And every time you come out with them, I'm like, God damn, I want that one. Like, I got to get it. I go, babe, look, he, he got Godzilla. She's like, don't even think about it. God, like, there's some that are worth like thousands of dollars. They look and amazing. And they look amazing. Oh, my God. Like, I would have it in a case for sure. If I, I Another fond memory, I went to uh, a Comic-Con with my father. This is back when cons were put together so that way nerds could get memorabilia for cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, oh, you, you wait to go to a con and spend all your money because that's where you can get good, affordable toys and posters and collectibles and not have to kill yourself, which is the total opposite now. You go to a con now and you want to buy a, a toy... Whether it's a six-inch figure or whatever, they're charging like triple the price. And you're like, what the hell, man? I can go on Amazon right now and get a cheaper. Like, this is our price. I'm like, screw you. But I remember. I, I remember it's, it's a crock of shit. Yeah, That's it is a it crock is. of shit. <laughs> uh, but I remember going to a uh, con. And uh, I don't know if it was a Comic-Con or, or just a sci-fi convention. I think it's what we called them back in the day. It was just a sci-fi convention. And they had all of the Ultraman figures there. And I like fell in love with with it and i was like these are so cool because all until then i had only known godzilla but when i went to the science convention i saw exactly how many more kaiju based kind of uh things there were and my dad was like oh yeah that's ultraman and i was like get out of town and he bought me like eight of the figures so i can play with them and then he found a way to get uh some videos some vhs's of, of ultraman so i could watch them and I was just like, this is so amazing. Yeah, Ultraman's pretty sweet. Gamera, too. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, toys play a big part because they help us relive those stories and relive God, all that so stuff. so many toys, Rios. <laughs> <laughs> so many toys. God. Like no, Darkwing Duck. Oh, yeah. Dude, I, I like to imagine that uh, our parents bought us so many toys to make up for the fact that they weren't there. Like, my parents, God bless them, they worked. You know, they worked two jobs, three jobs, whatever they could do. They were working hard, both my father and my mother. And I think uh, the way they got rid of a lot of that guilt is they'd be like, all right, we're going to Toys R Us. All right, let's go. And I'm like, all right, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, what do you want? And I'm like, I want that Batman because he's neon underwater Batman, and I don't have him yet. And they're like, okay. <laughs> I always hated it when I would have, like, a, like of course, there were X-Men toys, too. And every oh, time yes. I had, every time I had a... There was this one Wolverine toy I remember having, and his claws, claws were retractable oh, yeah. by the click of a button and stuff. Badass. But it grinded my gears when I noticed that his claws weren't sharp. So I would take nail clippers and ah. make them sharp. <laughs> I have a scar on my index finger that you can see to this day because I would sit there. I would steal a razor from my father's uh, light desk you know, because he was in graphics and everything. So. Mm. Uh, I would sneak in the basement and uh, I would steal a razor from where they were doing their art. And I would go back and I would try and modify all my G.I. Joe weapons. 
I remember I was cutting the scope off of one weapon, <laughs> and I pushed too hard, and it clean went right through my knuckle. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I was bleeding, and I didn't know what to do, so I just held it under the faucet for as long as I could, and then wrapped it up in paper towel, and it was fine. It stopped bleeding, but I remember it was like, <laughs> God. Yeah. Anyways, what we do as kids, that's just what we do, man. Yeah, makes, but, uh, you, ma- makes you better, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but do you share that same sentiment of how, like, uh, you know, because your parents always traveling, and especially with everything going on, you said that they had gotten divorced, that you think that maybe they're like, here, Barrel, here's another Godzilla, and you're like, I accept this offer. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it sounds, sounds really very negotiable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At some point, me and my brother stuck with my dad. Yeah. And that was when we... You know, got to Indonesia, Bahamas, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. I didn't uh, speak with my mom in a, in a, quite a while. And uh, I talk with her now, which mm-hmm. is awesome. But uh, that must have been pretty hard. Confusing. Confusing. All yeah, right. Yeah, you know, because you're, you're like 10-ish, you know, 11. Yeah. And you're just wondering, like, like what is all this? Yeah, you know? what's going on? And, like, why is it so important? You know, yeah. like, so. But when the years go by, you start accepting it for what it is. And you just make peace with it, you mm-hmm. know, because that's better than just being angry all the time no yeah so but anyways but, but not anyway, a lot of people yeah. share that sentiment you know a lot of people are like anger to the death you know yeah i mean hey like maybe one person's life was a lot rougher than the next you know so it's easier said than done yeah you know? very so true. I, I get it but yeah you got to try at some point to find the positive in something you know yeah again you don't want to be miserable for the rest of your life you and know? that was a lesson you were you were telling yourself at what 12 13 it's like it's it's hard to say I mean, my dad was working all the time, you know, like that. So at that time, like I was like, my stepmom came along into the picture and stuff. Yeah. So you tried to make the best of it. I started reconnecting with my mother. I think when I started, when it was like, I think I was like 20, 20, 21, mm-hmm. give or take. That's when I started like uh, reconnecting with my mother again. Thanks to Facebook. You know, I started using that, yeah. and uh, same thing with my my brother. I'll get to that too. Like at some point, uh, me and my brother got separated because really, I'm not trying to jump back and forth here. No, it's fine. It's what you do. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> After the Bahamas, you know, mm-hmm. that was the eighth grade. I was like fifteen, sixteen ish, or moving up to sixteen. Anyways, I moved back to Indonesia again with Manny. Didn't really go to school at that point. Like school started drifting. As the years go went by, mm-hmm. like I wanted to start working at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. So, and um, I think when I started, when I was eighteen, I moved back here to Kissimmee, and that's when I started working again. Manny wound up staying in Indonesia, which a part of me regrets the way I I left with that, you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, because at that point, I I wanted to do he, my own. He thing. wanted to go back to your mother. It's, no, no, no. no. Like, he stayed with my stepmom. Okay. Yeah, he stayed with my stepmom. Yeah, yeah. And your dad was here? I think uh, I I met up with my dad here in Kissimmee because he had an apartment ready for me to mm-hmm. stay in. You know, there was like still like a month left on the and, lease. And your father was working here? Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Okay. Uh, but at some point, uh, he was getting ready to move back to Indonesia because he had another job over there, mm-hmm. from what I remember. Yeah. And uh, so I had this apartment to myself for like a month. That was crazy. You know, like, uh, <laughs> so is sixteen? You said? Oh, this the the sixteen one was uh oh my god, I'm getting all, I'm getting all mixed up now, <laughs> going back and forth. <laughs> like um sixteen, I was in Indonesia, and uh, there was a point where I just stopped going to school because I was 
me and my brother would help our stepmother out with whatever help she needed with. Mm-hmm. Um, a new baby was coming along, a new sister. A yes. new sister was coming along, so we would help out with that. There was one point where I was in a Coca-Cola commercial. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that on I, YouTube? Can you look that up? I, I tried to look for it, man. Yeah. I tried ah. to look for it, and I could not find it. All I do is, like, I, I walk out of this school with a, bunch, with a bunch of these other friends in the commercial, and I just point out to, like, oh, there's the Coca-Cola stand. We run to it. I take a big swig off of it. Logo is yeah. pointing at the screen, nice. you know, the audience. Yeah. And um, I think I... Compared to U.S. And you cur- turn and smile, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Classic. Um, and I got, like, like 250,000 rupiah, which is, like, 240 bucks, something nice. like that. Bought a bunch of CDs. <laughs> and then biscuit and corn that time. Nice, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so. Not to uh, fast forward here again, mm. but when I got close to, like, 17, 18, my dad gave me the choice of, like, if I wanted to keep going to school or I wanted to work. Mm. And from there, I was, like... I, like I dropped out when I was I was like 16 years old, mm. and that was here uh, in Point Siena High School. Yeah, and I tried to do that the whole GD thing. It just did not work out for me. I I did it, mm. failed it. You know, wait six months for an answer, which I thought was ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, and from there I knew like I just wanted to start working. Yeah, like at that point I really I I wanted to be a, a tattoo artist or uh, so, something in the illustration field. Heard. Yeah. When I was young, I wanted to be a paleontologist. Yeah. Yeah, when I was very I can, young. I can see why, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, you got to be, like, you know, really, 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 really smart yeah, <laughs> for yeah. a job like that. Yeah, you have, to be, you have to be in school for a while. Yeah. But, yeah, at some point, um, I had many jobs. Heard. I had many jobs. Uh, uh, All the jobs. Sitco Station, Disney, um, screen work for pools. I hated that job. <laughs> uh, construction. And um, at some point I was working at uh, Domino's Pizza. I'm still like 18, turning 19 at this point. Mm-hmm. Like move, like moving house to house, staying with friends, which I'm very grateful for if they ever listen to this. Uh, you know who you are. Please and, uh, listen, friends. And, um, and I was working at Domino's Pizza. And then Studio 2 Tattoos was next door to me, which is now Copper Fox Tattoos. Yeah. And uh, at some point, I, I got a job as a floor tech sales rep. And then a year went by. I got my apprenticeship from, uh, from this guy, uh, Buck. And yeah, uh, at some point, the, the owner at that time lost interest in the business. And that's where me and Gina took over. You know, nice. It's been Copper Fox for eight years now. Congratulations yeah. to you. And, uh, and uh, oh my God, I can't believe I, I skipped this part. At some point, I met Miranda, my, yeah. my, be- <laughs> my, my beautiful wife. <laughs> Oh, loving, yeah, I fell in love uh, somewhere in there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she was there, like, and she was there from the beginning when I started tattooing, man. She supported me, like, like throughout the whole thing, you know. No, Miranda so I'm very is grateful for that. an amazing person. You know, she she has this light inside of her that uh, when you meet her, you're, you feel automatically uplifted, you know, because she just has You're such a show-off, Rios, I swear to God. <laughs> what, what, what <laughs> That's really nice. That's really no, nice. she yeah, she does, she does. Even like coming here today, she's like, "Oh hey, I made Buckeyes," and I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" She's like, "You can take those to Denise," and I'm like, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> she's an amazing person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very, very supportive. She, she was, she was all for it with the whole like owning the shop and everything. So I'm very grateful for that. I mean, that took 
a lot of risk as well in, in your aspect. I mean, this is... Dude, I it, didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, I mean, this all play, <laughs> plays part into the whole point of this podcast uh, is to understand what it takes to make those hard decisions, to, to make take that leap and to say, you know what, I, I'm going to become an owner of a tattoo shop. Yeah. And here I go. Yeah. So, I mean, like, talk about that, man. I guess, yeah, taking a leap is very important in some cases because you won't know what's mm-hmm. going to happen if you don't do it. Whether if you fail or not, but yeah, like uh, I decided to just do it. It was like, uh, I, and, and again, I did I had no idea of what I was doing. Um, thank God for Gina. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess she's a, she's a lot thank more you, Gina. she's a lot more smarter than me when it comes to like the the, the, business, the business realm. Yeah, the permits, licensing, insurance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you like, had been a professional tattoo artist at this time already, right? You weren't. Yeah, I was already tattooing at this point. I was tattooing for like maybe like three or four years at this point. Okay. Five tops. So before we uh, get back like, to you making the decision to purchase Copper Fox, let's get into, I because I this this really fascinates me. Uh, I do. I, if anyone goes to thereosverse.com, you're going to see in the artwork section an album called Black and White. And in black and white, it is literally just a lot of abstract art that I have done, squiggly lines, secret geometry, things like that. And a lot of people look at me and go, oh my goodness, are you a tattoo artist? And I go, no. And they go, would you, you should be. And I go, no, no, thank you. Like, that's terrifying. It was hard enough for me to put that design on paper. The idea that I would have to recreate it in however, whatever perfection it landed in, now on a human being permanently paralyzes me so i can't imagine having to do that but you sir do it all the time like you're making coffee so (laughs) so talk about how you got into i you know you said you did your apprenticeship right which took around a year when you're in as an apprentice what do you practice on how does that work i remember the first thing i practiced on was a lemon yeah. Because they're because their skin because its skin is is somewhat porous. Yeah, you know? porous. It's, yeah, it's similar in some way. It has layers. So, and uh, I think I just like tattooed a flower on there. It was on there, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, man, the first tattoo I did on someone was pretty nerve wracking. I remember yeah. throwing up wow. like 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 before the setup and all that Get stuff. Get out. Uh, it was on like um it was on one of my uh, first roommates that was okay for me to tattoo him. Mm-hmm. Brian, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brian. You're the man. You started a legacy, Brian. Great for you. <laughs> but uh, I did a skull on him. And uh, and it's like a bunch of his friends were around. And then there's Buck standing behind me, like watching oh, me do this God. first tattoo. Uh. nerve-wracking. And I'm doing it. You're like, Buck, I'm can you it. just turn around, please? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's there with his coffee, just, just looking down with this, this scowl look, you know. And What are you doing, like, like these little... Mm-hmm. Mm. Something like that. Mm. <laughs> mm. 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 But um, I remember at some point I'm tattooing, and then he's like, Beryl, stop. Stop stop what you're doing. Oh, my God. And then he's like, look at your machine. Like, what do you find wrong? And uh, there's this rubber band that goes around the, the frame that holds the needle bar in place. That way the needle's not spraying everywhere. Yeah. And that, ne- that, that rubber band wasn't on the bar. Uh-huh. So... <laughs> Thankfully, the tattoo didn't turn out like shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just those little things that you have to like remember, like you know, when you're prepping and stuff like that. Which I'm sometimes lazy, <laughs> but <laughs> but not now, not now. I mean, I'm, I'm on it now. You know, I'm on it now. I'm amazing now, right? Yeah, but um, 
yeah, but that time I would get pretty lazy, so which is bad. <laughs> so I, I like that you had brought up uh, this idea of you know, how you had, how you had thrown up, you know, that you were so scared of it. Yeah. Um, because I mentioned this in in episode one, uh, but there is a book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, mm. and he talks about how the more afraid we are to pursue an endeavor is the more proof of how important that endeavor means to how, how much it means to us. So he brings up Henry Fonda. He said Henry Fonda, the great actor Henry Fonda from like 12 Angry Men and, and things like that. He had, uh, when he was doing Broadway, uh, even at the end of his life, when he was doing shows, that he would throw up every night before going on stage because he was so afraid uh, of performing. And he would always get nervous, no matter what. But after he would, you know, finish uh, throwing up, he would take a moment, clean himself up, and march right on stage and do his thing because that's what his art required of him, was to perform. And it brings to this truth that how, as artists, we are facing this, this need to perform. You know, we have to perform. It matters to us. For us to not follow our art is devastating. You know, if I were never allowed to touch a pen and paper or a pencil and paper, if I was never allowed to sketch. That would be or, very or paint, frustrating. Very frustrating <laughs> because it is as essential to us as it is for that hawk circling the meadow. You know, that hawk needs a kill. It needs that mouse. Just like the artist, when we are... When we're on the problem and we don't understand what we need to do or if we have an idea that we're struggling to get out, we need that pencil and paper to, to get this idea out. Otherwise, we, we're frustrated with ourselves. We feel like we're not contributing. And especially if it's something that means so much, we can be paralyzed at the idea of even starting it. Hence, me with this podcast. It took forever for me to muster up the, the strength to sit there and go, I'm going to record a really shitty episode zero because... Which was great, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone keeps saying that, and I am so blessed. Thank you to everyone who has sent uh, their support and messaging about episode zero. I I really appreciate it, and thank you, Beryl, for saying that. Um, I knew it was going to be garbage. I knew that the sound was going to be crap. But I had to do it because I was so unhappy with myself as a human being not doing it you know i was so upset having not taken action for a year uh that the only option left for me was to just march out on stage do it and put it up without even trying to fix the mistakes or trying to break it down because if i were to do that i would have just thrown it away out of fear of looking like a fool and i i couldn't let myself do that so i I had my little panic moment, my little throw-up moment, and I said, no, this is my art, this is what I do, and there's no turning back now. And I went out, and I recorded it, and I fixed a little bits here and there, and I uploaded it, and I said, that's it. Episode zero is done. And it reached out to a lot of people, and I was very grateful for that. And it just mirrors your very same situation of how when you were placed in that room, and you had... Not only the person, not only the human being whose skin you were altering forever, uh, but you had their friends who were judging this human being 
for probably just even the design he was getting and then judging you for being the new artist to have to do it and then you have your your mentor standing behind you <laughs> watching you do this like that is a whole nother level of of intimidation that maybe a lot of artists don't get to, to put themselves in but you did and and i think that's that is a amazing story to tell and very important for you to say too like i'm glad you were just like oh yeah it was nerve-wracking but i got it done like the the detail of, of how you felt how you were sick and and all the eyes on you that's a beautiful story because it's like stage fright almost. Stage, it's exactly stage yeah. fright. Yeah. And you had to perform and you didn't shy away. You didn't sit there and go, you know what? It, the timing's not right. Maybe I'm not ready for this. You know, Buck, you, you handle it. I'll, I'll try again some other time. You know, because no matter what, there was a point of you when you were sitting in that chair and you had struggled just to get the setup going. And he, you know, was on his sleeve, on his arm. It was, it was on his leg. On like his leg? On his calf. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, he rolled up his, his pant leg and, and you had to go through the motions on wiping it down. Not one part of you realized that there was an option to shut it all off and, and walk out that room. Well, things would have been a little awkward if yeah. that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> the part of you so, that, that stood up to God. the plate, the artist that, that was there knew that the only way out of this room was through that tattoo. Oh, yeah, totally. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and you did it, you know. And I think that's a very important story for our listeners to hear, for anyone who is thinking about trying to pursue an art and they're terrified. Just know that you have to take that step. And eventually, taking that step, you're still afraid. You're going to throw up. You're going to sweat. You're going to feel panicked. You're going to have nothing but doubt running through your head. Mm-hmm. But you push forward, and eventually you hit that point where you go, "Oh, there's no turning back yeah. now. And this be- is it." And believe me, that I that that thought of doubt, like it's it, it's it's it didn't happen just that one time. It happens all the time. You Constant. Know? But you got to have that mindset of like you got to cancel all that out, and then you realize later you, it, there was no point thinking that way in the first place. Yeah. You know? Does that make sense? You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I'm not like there yet, but yeah. maybe like episode yeah. thirteen or or fourteen, I'd be like. Oh, I'm really good at this. Yeah. But but yeah, yeah every time I, I I'm setting up, you know, the mics and stuff, yeah. I, I look over yeah. and, and people are watching me and I'm like, I must look like an idiot yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. But some but, but but sometimes doubt is a good thing because it makes you think. Yes. You know, it makes you go over certain things. Yes. You know. So there's that. So yeah, so you uh you stepped up to the plate, you went ahead and did this tattoo. When how many tattoos did it take before you started to become comfortable? Um, after, after a couple of years, after, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're like, well, you know, by like the 15th one, I realized I was doing good. Work. Like, well, like, cause there's always new things like new projects, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, I'm only human. I can't do every single thing. Like I don't yeah. do portraits. Maybe someday I will, if mm-hmm. you want me to be open about it, you know, cause like there's some portrait work out there that are just, that's just, I don't know how they do it. So, I've seen portrait works that are like, phenomenal and portrait works that yeah. are not. <laughs> but, uh, but I mainly, uh, I stick with, you know, like uh, traditional, like Americana is always nice. Uh, uh, I really want to get better with like uh, like that, this retro look, like synth wave type of thing. A, a lot of the work you've been posting on Instagram lately has been like that. Oh, using I love a, synth, u- synth wave. Using a lot of uh, shapes as kind of like boundaries for some of the artwork mm-hmm. as far as where their bodies extend past and things. Exactly, yeah. And uh, doing a lot of that, uh, like, (laughs) 
lot of that neon curvature wave <laughs> that, that goes on through. A lot of like Tron grid work as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. No, you've definitely been been honing in that that feeling because it's a feeling. You know that that eighty synth wave. Very well said. And yes. you you yes. have to nail it down. And I don't think that if you are unfamiliar with eighty synth wave and just how that era felt to us, I don't think it's possible for you to nail it's, down that look. It's like the future, but from the past. <laughs> yes. It's like the ghost of the future almost. Yeah, like it's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. And when you still listen the to future certain, that never was. Yeah. And and when I when I listen to certain music now, like with synthwave, it's it's getting popular now. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it it just it feels like it's. Again, it feels like it's from the 80s, but it sounds like it's from the future. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. To me, it, it falls into the, especially 80s synthwave, the era of the 80s. To me, it falls into that archetype of the Phoenix. You know, it is this bright, radiant thing when it first arrives on the scene, and it's glowing, and it affects so many people, and so many people look up to it, and they it, it imprints on their mind. They're like, I remember the Phoenix, but you know it it dies out but from the ashes of what it was it starts to reemerge and 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 re reborn itself into something brand new that's even stronger than what it was before and so when i think about that 80s era that experienced so much power and strength and art and creativity and to see it to have gone away, and we experienced this lull, and we got a whole bunch of shitty cartoons that came out, and we experienced a lot of garbage the past 10 years, and now we're, we're hitting a point where they're like, we need to bring it back, and now it's rising back up to the scene, and we're seeing this reemergence of everything that was 80s and cool and, and synth, and it's just, it's great to see it coming back because people are now latching onto it, who now have the skill to to appreciate it more, and they're really doing amazing work with it. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. You were talking about how your early work you didn't like, but you, <laughs> but you uh, practiced, and now you're at a point where you are with your skill as a tattoo artist, where you're comfortable. You want to get better at certain things. Oh but yeah, you, yeah. But okay. you you know you've mastered. A certain aspect. So when someone goes to you, mastered is kind of a strong word. I know. I, would I know. Feel. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say mastered, but you have. Oh man, what's a what's underneath mastered? Getting there. <laughs> <laughs> you have gotten there when it comes to that um, retro uh, pop culture style. You've gotten there to where you are. You're really comfortable. I guess. Yeah. 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 I, I'm. I'm. I'm at the point where I'm. I'm pretty comfortable with myself, but I can definitely get better. That's for sure. You gotta. <laughs> now, after I had known you and uh, we were friends for some time, uh, you had started. You once again brought something back from the '80s and and early '90s, uh, which was a huge impact on us. And you brought back into kind of like a common focus of of just. I guess our friend group, but you brought Bob Ross back into the spotlight. And it was kind of like when you did so, all of us were like, oh, yeah, I remember Bob Ross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened to that guy? And we started seeing, uh, you started following his painting technique. And, oh, yeah. And you started painting in his likeness. Can you talk a little bit about that, about where the idea came and struck you of like, this is where, like, one, I want to start painting. And two, 
Bob Ross is is my conduit to do so. Like, can you talk about that? Like, I never uh, grew up watching Bob Ross, to be honest. Okay. Um, but at some point, I heard of him, and I knew he was a. I knew he was an artist. And then one day, in present day, I noticed Bob Ross was on Netflix, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I just started watching it. And I'm like, I want to fucking paint like that. That's just beautiful. Like the the mountains, Jesus, yeah, like. And simple. Well, he ma- well he makes it look. He simple. makes it look simple. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, let me take that back. But I, I, I know that uh, once we had started seeing you doing your stuff again, we did this and we're like, oh, Bob Ross is on Netflix, and we'd put him on. Shows are thirty minutes long, right? And he'll start off, and he'll be like, oh, we're just gonna do little X's, little little X motions here. We're gonna do this. We're gonna fill up the sky here. And you're like, okay, yeah. And then uh, you uh, go, you make some toast, and you look back. And within five minutes, there's a totally different scene. It's crazy. And yeah. you're like, what the hell just happened? What did I miss? And then you put butter on the toast, and you make your coffee, and you look back again, <laughs> and it's a totally different painting than what you saw last time. Uh, he was amazing at following through on an idea. Mm-hmm. And I think as an artist, it's a great challenge for us to follow through on an idea. When he starts, and he gets in front of a blank canvas, which is terrifying, he'll get in front of a blank canvas, and he'll be like, I have an idea of what I want to do, let's see how we can get there. And he'll start painting, he'll do his, he'll run the colors by, he'll he'll give you the technique, he'll say, just do it like this, you know? And this is where I find I differ from Bob Ross, because there's a point with a painting where he'll do a nice sky, maybe a little bit of clouds, let's say there's a mountain... And you can see where, oh, maybe there'll be a lake there. Yeah. And the cool part is that, like, he makes it clear that you don't have to copy the painting exactly yeah. like he's doing. Like, yeah. he's, he's giving you basically, like, the rough draft. He's like, if you, do. if you don't want this bush there, don't put it there. Yeah. I like yeah. my bush there. You know? he's, just, yeah, he's just showing you how to do it. And then you come up with your own thing. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and this is where I lose my shit because he'll be at, at, at a certain point in a painting. And I'm like, that painting looks done. You're done. Stop right there. And he says this line almost in, almost every time in an episode. He goes, all right, time for the bravery test. <laughs> and I'm like, don't do it. And he also was like, all right, let's let's uh, let's grab our little brush here and a uh, little fan brush. And we'll get some of this dark brown and some evergreen. And he'll sit there and, and he's looking at this painting that looks like a gorgeous sunset with a mountain and a lake, maybe a couple bushes that looks beautiful as is. And he'll go. All right, let's put a tree just this right streak, here, this like streak of brown, just yeah, right in front of the right painting. through the whole painting, and I, I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> because to me, I'm like, how are you gonna fix that? How are you gonna? And he goes, it's fine. You know what? Let's do another streak right yeah. there, and he keeps going, and then he goes, all right, let's. Now take... there are trees in the foreground. Now there's trees, and he'll do the next thing. He'll go, yeah. let's let's put leaves on the trees. Let's do this. Do highlights, and it ends up being. A ten times more beautiful painting than, mm-hmm. than you could have ever imagined. It becomes more immersive. More immersive, yeah. and, and uh, because of his courage to to not be afraid to take a chance in the painting, to put a tree right through the center, or to whatever whatever he was doing, you know, he felt the comfort to be like, whatever I do here, it's gonna be fine. And I think that's such a hard lesson for artists to learn. Now you, sir. When you were exploring this avenue of painting and you were living it, 
like me, I, I my fear is all in my head because I haven't painted like him yet. <laughs> um, I want to try because we've been watching him a lot. Baby Wade likes to, likes to watch him, uh, and he'll I, I bring out the drawing pad and I have crayons, and I'll try to mimic what what Bob is doing, and and our our son, our baby son, goes in there and he tries to color too. But I was like, I should really try and do this, you know. But you've lived this. So you've lived this Bob Ross technique. Like, are there times when, when you are painting in his likeness where you hit that point where you're like, I have to be brave now? Yes. Like, um, not every painting usually hits its mark. But there are some portions in the painting where I'm like, okay, that looks pretty good. <laughs> like, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm going to leave it the way it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's one thing to remember is to not overdo it. Mm-hmm. And that was my problem is overdoing it. Yeah. Like, Bob Ross would be like, like, let's do these clouds. He's on these clouds for like two minutes. Yeah. And then that's it. And then <laughs> and that's then it. Done. And then he moves on to the next thing. Yeah. Me, on the other hand, two hours go by and I'm still on the same fucking cloud. <laughs> because I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. You know, so... Like that cloud's not it's so, not good enough. Yeah. So I usually think like like something's in the way that's making you stay there. All right. You Let's know? talk about that. Like, yeah. yeah, like like something's like something is not saying that something's bothering me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 that's my first thought is like like you're stuck with something, you know, mm-hmm. and it's probably not even that cloud. Yeah. So, so get that worked out. <laughs> what does that end up being? Like, uh, what do you think? Um a cloud, <laughs> and another, another and, cloud. and another cloud in front of that. Yeah. yeah. And, but when it gets to the mountains part, that's my favorite. When it gets yeah. to the actual, like summit and putting the snow and the shadows of the snow and stuff like that, it's it's really really relaxing. Now, so. I when you started doing this, uh, I saw you create some of your first paintings, and then some time went by, and I saw you kind of using his techniques in other kind of paintings, but then you exploded with this talent uh, on on your artwork that is done in the bob ross likeness and what i loved about what you do and this is i'm learning that this is a mark of a great artist is that you put your own spin on it that makes it your own Mm -hmm. and what you like to do is inject a little bit of that sci-fi flair oh yeah a little yeah, bit of that yeah, curiosity definitely. into the painting subtly to where if a person's not paying attention, they're going to miss it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is absolute gold for an artist to do because you create an experience within this canvas to where it's no longer just a, a landscape. You know, Now there's a story there. And to me, that is one of the most enchanting things that an artist can do. Now, for the listener who may not be familiar with the artwork that you've done, what Beryl likes to do is, I think on one of your first paintings you're doing where you did the mountains, you painted a very small UFO in like the far corner of the painting. And it was so tiny and so subtle that if you weren't paying attention, you would miss it. And I think uh, everyone was like, that's amazing keep doing that <laughs> and you have a lot of pieces that are on sale right now i remember you just did a post recently where you're you're going to sell some of the pieces yes and uh there's one that i want to get i'm not gonna you know what i was gonna talk about but i'm not gonna talk about because i actually want to get it from you but it uh it uh it incorporates kind of like a monster or, or an alien presence within mm-hmm. within the uh scene 
And I think that that is so gorgeous for, for someone to do. I want to know, like, what uh, what helped you get to that decision to, to start doing that with your painting? It just makes you think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, like what's his, what, what's this guy's story? And when I say this guy's story, it's, it's like, it's either uh, a UFO in the sky or crash landed near mm-hmm. some bushes yeah. near, near a lake, you know? So it's just cool to see. And um, sometimes I like uh, leading like little footprints. Yeah. Like leading, leading off of the ship. See, and then, I, I've only uh, seen so. the, the paintings through digital uh, social media. Uh, uh, I've never. I, I know you have some hanging up behind me here, and I want to take some photos and stuff. But I, I've not been able to get in front of them close since like the last time we did an yeah. art show, which was years ago. Like uh, like uh, another buddy, uh, Landon, uh, J- Joe's friend. Yeah, yeah Landon. Landon, Landon like, yeah. Yeah, he bought two paintings from me that kind of like link up to each other. Yeah. And in 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 those paintings, of course, there's mountains, trees. It's all done in black and gray acrylic, and uh, there's this. Sh- there's like a pod of some kind in the ice mm. in this pond and then there's footprints leading off to it and then all the way in the foreground on the other canvas yeah you see the creature uh but it, but you're like i try not to make it too detailed yeah you know because i want it i want the you person want to be to, like i want oh, what? yeah i want the person to like leave it to themselves on like what's this thing all about you know so but uh but yeah it's always fun adding like ufos and stuff you know i've always been a thing for aliens and stuff like that i'm not a freak about it you know yeah, like, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't like you know i don't look up conspiracy like, listen, things Chris, before you start asking the questions i'm not all about it all right? i watch x files don't ask me too much about it all right but i guess it's a it's just a cool thing to see that's all you know and if it mm. was real that would blow my mind yeah. but you know it just seems it seems hokey now the way i look at it now when it comes to ufo's and it's just yeah it, I, it's been overplayed in a yeah, lot of yeah. different aspects yeah it just it, it feels like it's something that someone would make up now if yeah, that makes it, sense it, it's like something that's so. been almost tired out you know yeah like, I'll, like, like i'll believe it when i see it let's put it that yeah, way. yeah 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 yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> practical and when it yeah. shows up i'll be all in i'll be like this is it this is what it was. I, I would lose my my mind yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we're dead <laughs> it's over <laughs> what if they're really nice what if they're like hey barrel like your paintings oh if they're really nice then then yeah that would be awesome you're like uh, great there's i have one for 70 bucks i have one for <laughs> <laughs> oh man. that'd be hilarious I, I i i had this idea of asking everyone about what their future aspirations are um but i think that this is going to be a question that is uh unfair to you simply because you've always struck me as a person that's been happy with life as is current day like you live in the moment if that makes sense right you know and and i don't know if asking you like what are your aspirations barrel would be would be rude (laughs) but um um, but like as an artist do you have other projects that you want to pursue or 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 challenge yourself with um i would practice uh doing uh drawing portraits lately Oh yeah. Now that I think about it, yeah. Like I would just draw certain celebrities and stuff just to get my gears going. You know. Is it to help you kind of in that portrait yeah. aspect of tattooing? Yeah, because because if you know what you're doing when it comes to portrait art, you know, like you could do hell of a lot of stuff with that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one goal I'm trying for right now. I've been on this editing app. On oh, the, for sure. On, yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, I've been on this editing app, like trying Dude, to make my. Dude, I forgot my... to mention, Apparel also does like video edits, like music videos, almost. 
uh, from... on, on a on a separate video game page. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's, it's nothing crazy. It's just something I do on my downtime. Yeah, but um. But, but you, yeah, you've been but doing a lot I, of fun yeah, stuff with Yeah, that. but that's how I practice my editing stuff on there, uh, on the on the iPad Pro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and my God, when when you start picking up on that, it gets hella fun. Yeah. Know? So I've been making my my own like like little like thirty second ads, like my own ads. You yeah. Know? So you know, like where I, I show a bunch of my work, throw some transitions in there, and then you see me for like two seconds smiling yeah. or whatever. <laughs> you know. So it's a lot of fun. You know. Yeah, no, and, sure. and that's just that's just the tip of the iceberg. I can't imagine like the other stuff you can. Thank oh, God yeah. for Google and YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> oh, dude, thank God. Forget about it. Yeah, if not for them, I don't know what I'd be doing right yeah. now with my website and other stuff. I'm just like, thank God there's someone out there that knows. Yeah. So, uh, so you want to do more portraits? You have been doing more portraits, and I know that that is that's another thing that's terrifying, because you can create your own art, but the moment you have to interpret someone's face and try and draw it accurately yeah i get really picky when it comes to that stuff even even like everyone has flaws Mm. on their their body their face or whatever but i tend to like cancel those out you know because it's just maybe it's an ocd thing i don't know Mm. you know like you don't need that mole (laughs) (laughs) no one's gonna tell you this but uh that dimple does nothing for you it's out forget about it Uh, but but yeah, it's but it's important to like add those features in because that's what makes the person, you know. Yeah. So in the end, so but that's what I'm trying to get better at, amongst other things, you know. Even with painting with acrylics and stuff, I'm trying to like not just do mountains and trees because I've been doing a lot of that lately, and I'm mm-hmm. and I'm getting to that lazy stage again where like I'm yeah. comfortable with what I'm doing. Mountains and trees are enough, you know. No, UFOs. I mean, to, to bring it back to the quote, I mean, yeah. we have Bob Ross's quote here, and this was a quote that that uh barrel gave to me in fact because i wanted to start off with the bob ross quote because i know that between us bob ross was a very important factor and i was like ah these are all like happy tree quotes and he goes well there's one that really really hit me and uh, it was the one that i said in the beginning which was if you're satisfied with your painting you might as well quit because there's nowhere else to go and i think that uh my first thought was shit yeah. Damn. <laughs> just quit. Stop. Stop what you're doing. But I think it's something that you you just uh, said that you were living out to this point where you're like, you know, you've you've done the mountains, you've done the trees, and now it's becoming kind of a boring thing for you. And you're like, I, I gotta put that to the side until the muse catches me once more, and I'll be able to get yeah. in there and do it. Yeah. Um. Like uh, I accept criticism every now and then, and mm. one. Thing that, Every now and then, I accept it. It depends on how it's you know yeah, brought up. I guess. I guess it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um. But one thing uh, I get told a lot is uh, I need to like. It's not that I need to, but it'd be nice if I threw a little bit of like, like life in the paintings, something mm-hmm. alive, you yeah. know, and and familiar, you know, whether it be a deer or or something like that. Well, not I... literally a deer, but that's just an example. But but um. Yeah, I... So I want to try to. So I want to try to like add like you know like made up monsters like within like tree branches that you can't barely cool. see i like it to be mysterious like yeah uh, you know yes. I, I don't like it right there well so. that's one of the things about bob ross where they were like you know he rarely had any evidence of human beings yeah it's in his true. artwork you know he would draw like a shack here and there but there would be no human life no the basketball no player? footprints the yeah, the basketball player. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just Keep being, throwing, uh, I'm just uh, being silly. Let's do some then. drills. Yeah. 
uh, but he, yeah, he would have a shank. I think there was only uh, when I did my research on Bob Ross a, a while back. Uh, I think he did one painting of a human being that it was like a cowboy sitting in the woods. Like you, it was a nighttime scene, and there was a, a campfire, and next to this campfire there was a silhouette of, of a cowboy or, or a herder or whatever, and he was just sitting there, and you just saw that his silhouette. That's all it was, and I remember. Um, I think it's on Bob Ross's the Bob Ross website where he says that that one painting received so much criticism that he was just like I'm I don't want to do any other trace of a human being ever again in a painting. And that's because people are talking shit. You yeah. know, it's like he could keep doing that if he wanted to, mm-hmm. but I but yeah, just from people he was just like I don't want to do it. Yeah. Now to give Bob Ross a, a lot of credit as well. Um I had this idea of, of I, I was like, oh well, his paintings must be on display somewhere, in a museum or some art gallery somewhere. And uh, I had learned that a lot of his paintings were bought by museums, hmm. but they're prohibited from ever showing them. So they have them until I guess sometime in the near future when the law no longer applies, and then they'll they'll throw them all out. But a lot of museums and art collectors bought up his paintings uh, and are just storing them because they're not allowed to to exhibit them. Hmm. And, in the archives. Yeah, in the archives. Uh, but I know that uh, here, uh, not Maitland, what is it? Uh, uh, one of the beaches here in Florida, um, he has a studio still there uh, that's run by his family. And they have some of his artwork there as well, the, the Bob Ross Gallery. It's not a lot. It's only, it's not even, I think, 10% of what he did. But there, there is some paintings of his that are, that are on display. That's like one of the only places. But uh, what, what brought up this whole story was just that when they asked him, why don't you allow your paintings to be displayed in museums? He goes, artists want their work displayed in museums so that they can get recognition mm. and so that people can give them credit. He goes, I've done that with the show for, you know, decades. I don't need any more recognition. Let that, that space in the museum be held for the other artists who follow so, their That dreams. is so boss, I swear So boss, you know? <laughs> Like, everybody wants to see his stuff, and he goes, no, you've seen my stuff. It that That space in the museum belongs to another artist, not me. And I was like... Damn, I, I actually think I cried when when I first read it because I was like, <laughs> "That's such a it's such a big thing to do for another artist, especially someone like him who is immortalized in our brains as one of the greatest painters of, of our time." For him to be like, "I don't want recognition anymore. I have enough. Whatever recognition you want to get from posting something, let it be from a new artist coming up. That way, they can get more recognition than than what I had." I think that was very big of him. To Bob Ross. <laughs> Get a little clink here. Screwball whiskey. Amazing. Pretty good. Yep, yeah, pretty awesome. Uh, so, yeah, so um, aside from portraits, let's shout out one more time where people can find you. Copper Fox Tattoo Company. Copper Fox Tattoo Company. And you work every day but Tuesday and Wednesday, right? Uh, me personally, Tuesday and Wednesdays I'm off. And the rest of the days I'm there from uh, 11 to 8. I try to be on time. To be yeah. honest, <laughs> if you want me to be completely honest, Dude, I, try, I try to be same. on time. Yeah. So, you know, 
Give, yeah. give a nice little 10, 20 minute uh, leeway. <laughs> it's not a pattern, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Beryl, you're one of the most amazing human beings uh, I've come to know. And I think you uh, have a great passion to do well with your art. I try. And like I said, folks, he's one of the most humblest people. If you couldn't tell from this podcast, very soft-spoken with his words. But his artwork really does shine. Check him out. Um at copperfoxtattooco.com, at copperfoxtattooco on social medias, and uh, come across his own personal pages. You'll see a lot of his artwork there as well. Uh, the guy is absolutely amazing. Give him your love, and uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, please check out the Riosverse.com. Uh, that is T H E R I O S V E R S E, the Riosverse.com. Please like, subscribe, share, review. The Paper Crowns Podcast on anywhere you get podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, as well as Spotify. And uh, I'm trying to be on iHeartRadio. Check out Chris Rios uh, on the Real Laughs Radio Podcast, 104.1. Listen all next week as well at 9 p.m. Monday through Thursday. And uh, we'll see who wears the crown next time, folks. Thank you so much. Thank you, Beryl. Thank you again. <laughs>